0: Psalm chapter 20, title of the message tonight is In God We Trust. You know, it says it on our money here in this nation, but that's about where it ends a lot of times. <laughs> but we're going to look at the psalmist David once again, and, and uh, this song that uh, was, of course, penned, and um, we're going to look at how David... And those who uh, David led, they trusted in the Lord. And uh, tonight, I want to encourage us, you know, the way that the world looks and, you know, everything is just seemingly uh, you know, not doing well. And uh, But we trust in the Lord. We keep our eyes on the Lord in this time. And, and I just want to encourage you guys. This isn't in my notes, but I just want you guys to be praying uh, for what's going on in the Supreme Court. Um, that's very important. Let's pray. Yeah. Now I understand you, you've seen the response, and uh, no doubt it's it's very sad, and I think it's demonic. Um, I think that the tragedy of of our generation is going to be the the abortion um, epidemic, and how many lives, a whole generation of of Americans, slaughtered at the hand of convenience, at the altar of Moloch, and and uh, don't get me started on that, but uh, we want to be in prayer. You know, the weapons of our warfare are spiritual, are spiritual. Do you understand that what we see in the physical is an indication of what's taking place in the spiritual? I'm always reminded that our enemy isn't flesh and blood. There's, there's principalities and powers in high places, and, and this is why we're seeing these historic things taking place. This is why the last few years... It just seemingly is uh, week after week. There's these these major, you know, fallouts, not just in the, the states, but across the, the world. And so there's a shift that's trying to take place in the spiritual. And we know a lot of that is prophesied. A lot of that is uh, the end times, which I do believe the end times. You guys know the end times be- began when Jesus had resurrected. We've been in the end times for 2000 years. Now, I understand you know, ten thousand years here is like a day with the Lord, right? Um, but however, I believe on God's divine timetable, we are we are in the ladder of the last days. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. And you know, we hold loosely to our our uh our uh end times theology. Um and so but I, I want you guys to understand that we in this time more than ever need to trust in the Lord, okay? Because pretty soon you won't be able to trust in that 401k. Pretty soon you won't be able to trust in, um, you know, Amex and, and, you know, the more, pretty soon. And I know that's, that's just one area I can talk about tonight. Um, but I just want you to just be encouraged to not, don't be discouraged. Even what you see, all that we're seeing, let's not be discouraged. Let's read. We're going to start reading in verse number one. The Bible says, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice, Selah. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed; He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. This is a prayer for the king, the king David in particular. Now, David was very, of course, uh, involved in battle uh, from the time that he became uh, uh, part of the house of Saul. And all the way uh, through the first portion of his reign in Israel, he frequently was involved in conflict. And uh, battle was something that he uh, was very familiar with. And um, in this case, the battle, I think that the battle type that is being described here is when the enemy will come up against David and, and they will come fiercely against David, but also not only that type of battle situation we uh, see in these verses, but we also see uh, that there is other types of conquests. Uh, There's a, we see in verse uh, number eight, that uh, David uh, talks about that. We will stand. There was times when David had to go in and battle. Against the enemy, he uh, was on the offensive, so to speak. I played college basketball. And I played on a, a great team, one of the greatest teams uh, out in this local area at, at Antelope Valley College. Tim remembers it. He was on the team and and um, uh, one of the coaches. And I'll never forget that team. We had two six ten guys, and uh, I remember I was um, one of the players on the team. And I remember we had a, a special talent on our team. His name was Wendell, and um, I remember the day that I first met Wendell, it was at the city park in Lancaster, and he pulled up and he was wearing some some Chuck Taylor low tops, right? You don't hoop in that, you know, like, where, where are you, why are you wearing that? I mean, maybe back in the 60s and 70s, maybe, Bill, you remember probably hooping in those, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is 2003, you know, and um, so he pulls up to the park, but uh, he he was about six 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 and uh, just built like a man, you know. Had a full beard, you know. And just, I remember we were playing pickup, and he he just no one could do anything with window. He was just a bucket. He just scored every single time he touched the ball, and he dunked on a few guys within those Chuck Taylors. And and I remember going up to him after the game and just just really impressed with his ability. And I said, Hey man, uh, what's your name? Uh, where do you play? And he said, Oh well, I'm coming. I'm from LA, and I'm going to be playing at AVC and my heart sank you see because I was at that point I was the starting two guard and I knew I'm going to be sitting right there watching you (laughs) score 25 30 a night and that's exactly what happened (laughs) let me tell you but our offense was something special we had a play it was called corner and uh we'd run it and everybody knew we were going to run that play but uh it was where the guard got it and some of you don't understand what I'm talking about but the guard got it and he he dribbled from the the wing uh to the to the the free throw extended and he would do a reverse uh spin and make a, a fake pass to the post and then the post player would, would would cut like he's going out and then make a back cut and we would put that ball right there the timing you remember that play I'll never forget that play We'd run that play for window, and every, it seemed like every game, somebody would bite on that that ball fake. He'd cut back. We'd put that bounce pass or straight pass to him. He'd catch it one dribble. No matter where he was, he'd jump, and he'd just dunk on whoever it was down there. It was just a beautiful thing, and that offense won us, I think, five out of the six uh, preseason tournaments. We were ranked number two in the state. Uh, we, you know, we made it to the the final four of the state we won a conference championship and we ended up, we were up by 13 and a half in the semifinal of the, of the championship, but we ended up losing tragically. I'll never forget the feeling that day, but I, I tell you all about that because what made that team special, we weren't the best defensively, but our offense was running on all cylinders. So we the best offense sometimes our best defense is an offense. And so in the spiritual sense, I want you to understand this. If we aren't battling the spiritual warfare that God has given us in this generation, then we're going to be backpedaling. We're going to be we're going to be in defensive mode. We're going to be losing ground. I'm afraid that that's what's been happening for some decades in America. The church has not been charging the gates of hell. The church has removed himself from culture, has removed himself, uh, his, herself from uh, influencing uh, the world through political means and other means. And uh, mainly, of course, we have not been on the offensive when it comes to getting the gospel out. David was in battle because he was going to conquer uh, a land for God's glory. He was going to subdue the enemy uh, that was near in the countryside and far. And he was going to go out and in the name of the Lord, he was going to uh, rule and reign over a people who didn't know the one true God. And I'm afraid I don't think we have the same tenacity today. I don't know about you, but I want... I want Lancaster for Jesus. I want California for Jesus. I want to see uh, his name glorified once again in the public arena, not being uh, trampled through the mud and disrespected. And, and I don't think we take it personally that he's our God. David, why did he get in that battle with Goliath? Because Goliath was making a mockery of God's people. He was mocking them day after day, and and when he saw that it did something to him, it mattered to David the name of the Lord. And so he couldn't just sit back on his lazy boy and not do anything about it. I don't know about you, uh, the fact that we live in a country where people are up in a roar because we're saying we don't want you to slaughter the unborn in the, in the womb. Oh, we don't want you to say that you can reassign your gender next week and then compete in women's sport. And, and we, we are living in a day where Christians, we just let it just roll off our back because it's just another thing that the world's gonna do. But do you got to understand? That This is an insult. This is an assault against the name of the living God, the word of God, the truth of God's word. Somebody's going to listen. We got to wake up. What are we going to leave our kids? Are we going to leave our kids to have to fight this battle? Solomon was able to build Why? Because David battled. I'm going to say that again. Solomon was able to build the temple of God. It brought glory to God. The presence of God lived in that place. Uh, He was able to build because his daddy David fought the battles. He slew the giants. He lived a, a spiritual life. He didn't do it perfectly. We know that. But he loved the Lord and he lived for the Lord. And because David battled, because David had a little blood on his hand, oh, it's because Solomon was able to build and I realize that if I don't battle if you and I don't battle our kids won't be building they'll be in hiding they'll be in bondage to a people who do not know the Lord and this is where we got to wake up church because it's God who we trust in we know that the battle is the Lord's right we don't battle alone I'm not telling you to go and make it happen on your own. And David knew this. And David's people understood this. And this is why they were praying. This is why this is a prayer to God. They were saying to the Lord that uh, we want you to hear us. We want you to answer us. Look what it says in verse number one. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. These people were seeking God. They were in prayer. You know why we stress six a.m., six thirty now prayer and worship because that's our only hope, folks. The days of a comfortable Christianity is, is is gone, y'all. No more coffee and cappuccino in the lobby and just coming in and just on chill mode and no more of that. We're gonna need uh, we're gonna need infantry members. We're going to need some spiritual soldiers. We're going to need some mature believers who are who are skilled in spiritual warfare. And uh we need to be praying. We need to be seeking God in this time like never before. And these people understood that their their king was going to go out in battle. King David, he was taking the armies and they realized that if David lost in battle, then they all would lose. I want to say something To you, church family, let's be in prayer for our pastor. He's fasting. He's going to be 30 days coming up here. He's not doing that for fun. Even though he's getting a lot of critical comments and the negative Nellies and the, the Critical Carls are all coming out and saying, why are you talking about it? You know, all these other, you know, naysayers. But I'm telling you, I know his heart. I know uh, his burden for this nation. Many of us are here because we heard the fire in him. We, we heard the, the, the man of God stand up and preach the truth of God and boldness and the power of the spirit. And, 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 and this is why we are here because he did so when it was not convenient. I remember back in 2020, uh, when everybody else was closing up and, and he said, you know, what we're going to open up and 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 we were in agreement as the elders and we said we support you in that and we're going to be praying and he went to battle and many of you are here because of that I remember the 150 people baptized Uh, I remember preaching the funeral for a lady who was saved during one of those services and I went to the hospital a few weeks ago uh, for another lady who was saving us and she's in heaven now and I'm telling you uh, we need to be praying for our pastor we need to be coming alongside of him encouraging him not being a discouragement not not being in your place not really battling it's not it's not for him to battle alone he's leading the charge but we also need to battle with him pray for your pastor encourage this is what these people were doing. They were. They, this is a prayer. I believe that the, the people would sing this before David, or as David left for battle, and uh, they would say these things: "May the name of the God of Jacob defend you." may he send help or may he send help you from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Zion now the sanctuary of God is of course what uh, in there in the Jews eyes the highest place you could possibly ever be uh, in heaven the sanctuary in heaven they're saying may God send you help from on high from out of Zion is this what they're saying and, uh, uh, David we want you to have uh, the best help the most powerful the high and holy one will help you as you go out and to battle and and they go on and said may he remember verse number uh three may he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice, Selah. So David, of course, led the nation, and he, of course, sacrificed to the Lord. He restored what Saul had allowed to go by the wayside. He rebuilt the altars of God in in, in Jerusalem, and, and he uh, reestablished the the system that God had given uh, to his people. And he offered sacrifices on them. And I want you to understand: this is a picture. Uh, this is. Something Something that we must understand that if we're gonna see God move in this day, it's going to we're gonna have to offer up spiritual sacrifices. I believe the sacrifice of prayer, as I mentioned a moment ago, the sacrifice of praise. You know the purpose of the believer. You know, you are all believer priests if you're saved here. And we are called to offer up sacrifices to the Lord. And this is what they were saying to David. May God remember the sacrifices, the offerings, your faithfulness, your love, and your generosity towards God. And as you go out into battle, in your day of distress, may God show up to the battle. And I want you to understand, church, We can't offer to God in these days something that costs us nothing and expect him to move mountains like we sang a moment ago. I find it very telling, you know, that American Christianity is all about comfort, ease and convenience. And so we don't see the miracle signs and wonders that you see in third world countries where they may very well die if they go to church or they get caught being baptized. You see, God sees our hearts. He knows who's serious in here tonight. He knows a church that's really, truly seeking him from the heart. David had a heart after God's own, right? God, there were other who had more stature. There were other who maybe were more skilled than they. But God says, I don't look like man, do, But I, I see, I, when I measure a man, I look at his heart. His heart for me and this was David. David led Israel to have a heart for God. He led the way uh, of sacrifice and offerings to God. And, and I want you to understand that's what we need to understand. We need to embrace this. We need to ask ourselves the tough questions. How does my life reflect a sacrifice for God, offerings to God, service to God? Uh, is it truly from the heart or am I seeking God for what I can get? I want you to just ask yourself these tough questions. And so they are singing this song for David's protection as he goes into battle. And then they, they shift in the song and they begin to rejoice and I've learned this: when you pray, you come to God in faith, and and sometimes you know we need to we need to get back to believing God before we even see it, praising Him before the breakthrough, uh, having the faith of a mustard seed that says, "God, I don't see how you're going to make this work out, but I am trusting you, and I'm going to praise you right where I'm at." And He goes on and. Verse number four it says, May he grant you according to your heart's desire to fulfill your purpose. Uh, David, uh, they were praying that God would fulfill uh the purpose that God had put in David's heart. His heart's desire was to glorify God, and his heart's desire is that his people and his nation would, would, would shine forth as the glory of the world. And you guys understand this? That God wants us, his people, to be a shining light uh, on a hill, that we would be that which brings glory to him, that we would be so distinct and different and holy and set apart, that we would shine as light in this dark day. That's what God wants for us. We've got to ask him to do that. And I believe that when we bring him glory, he He wants, he, he desires and he delights in fulfilling the purposes that he puts in us. And uh, I was just reflecting, I, I think I shared this uh, this weekend, but I just was reflecting on all that God has done in my life over the last few years. And I dreamed of days that I'm living in now, you know, getting to minister in the church that's on fire, like West Side, and getting to, to preach God's word. And watching God mature me in that and learning how to, to be a a shepherd as he's called me to be. And, uh, I remember when he put that desire in my heart. He put that desire in my heart. And then he fulfilled it as I submitted my life to him. And I'm telling you, uh, what I want to encourage someone in here today is to give God your heart, let him renew your mind, and let his desires become your desires, let your life align with his word, and I promise you, that's where true success and fulfillment is, not in getting uh, the status of the world, not in getting the praise of men, not in any financial conquest, I'm telling you, it is in being in the smack dab center of God's will, and doing what he He's made you to do. Oh, I know some single moms who have more joy than CEOs of, of Fortune 500 companies. I know some ladies who get more joy out of raising those children up for Christ than someone who's a multi multi-millionaire. And what is the difference? I believe that person, that little mama, she's in the will of God and this other person is seeking their own will. And you'll never find joy in that if you are saved tonight. If you are a child of God, you'll never find joy apart from the will of God. I don't know who that was for, but come on. He said verse five: We will rejoice in your salvation. We we'll rejoice in your protection, your saving power, God. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. I want you to notice in that verse what really stuck out to me is the name of our Lord. And we see that later on in verse number seven. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. I'm telling you, uh, the, the name of the Lord is where we trust, it's where we put our hope in. And, and time will not permit for me to go through all the names of God and what it means about his character, what it means about his promises, what it means about his track record, which is impeccable i'm telling you we as god's people we don't trust in chariots i want you to understand that a chariot in that day was the most uh technologically advanced weapon in warfare if you had the most chariots you were more likely to win in battle and the horse of course was the the means by which the chariot would be pulled and and if you had the strongest and the fastest and the bravest horses you would be more uh more likely to succeed in warfare and what what david is saying like the we're going into war, we're going to battle, but we aren't trusting in these machinery. We aren't trusting in this Mustang that I'm going to get on. We're not trusting in those things. We are trusting in the living God, the name of our God, the one who wins the victory. And I hope tonight you're not trusting in, like I said before, your 401k, uh, your health, any of those things that are material. I'm telling you, we have to put our trust in the name of our Lord. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Y'all believe that? Who can stop the world? No, the world looks at us like we're foolish tonight. They don't know our God. Some of you can get up here. I know if I opened it up in just a few minutes and had you testify. I know testimony after testimony. I was encouraged today. I talked to Joe Joe Harbaugh and he was telling me, he called me so excited this morning to tell me, hey, uh, Naraya, she ate eggs and some sauces today. <laughs> and she's smiling and, and they're going to release us from the ICU. We're going to a different hospital to begin her rehabilitation, and he's just rejoicing the Lord. He said there were some dark nights in there where I just, I just felt like I wanted to walk away from God. I couldn't understand what He was doing, but I had to repent and go back to Him. And He's shown Himself to be faithful, to be strong, to be true, to be the God of the impossible. And I remember standing there with her, praying over her, not knowing whether she was going to pass away, and just to hear that news today it reminded me and it lit another torch in my heart to praise his name his name is a name that needs to be exalted above all other names there's no one like our God there's nothing impossible for our God and I want to tell somebody here tonight I want to encourage you I don't know what you're facing but God is bigger than it he's bigger and this is where we need to shift our trust to him and and put our trust in him And this is what David and the people of Israel were proclaiming. We were, we're going to raise up our banners in the name of uh, Goldman Sachs. No, we're going to, we're going to raise our banner in the name of Jehovah, Yahweh, the only true God, the one and living true God. Every other false God is but dumb, dead idols, but our God has ears so he can hear. I want to tell somebody that here tonight. When you pray, you're not praying to some dumb idol. You're praying to the living God of the universe universe and he hears your cry he knows your name he knows the number of hairs on your head he knows right where you are tonight and he isn't uh, he isn't worried about what you're facing he can handle it give it to him trust in him somebody needs to hear that tonight and David had to go on and say, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed." If you've been in any battles and you've seen God to be faithful, then you can testify like Joe did today. Then you you may not have not chosen those circumstances in which God used to show himself faithful. But I'm telling you, on the other end of that, uh, when he brings you through, oh, you'll have a testimony. You'll have the ability to say what David said that that. I know God saves his anointed. I know my God is real. I know he's alive. I know there's nothing he can't do. He says he's going to rejoice. He's going to remember. I want you to see rejoicing in the name of the Lord and rejoicing to to replay God uh, in his faithfulness, to, to bring honor to him, to, to think about what he has done and to remember, remember the name of the Lord. It says we will remember the name of our, the Lord our God. You know, oftentimes in my life, I forget some of the things that God has done. And uh, from time to time, my wife, she takes, you know, a lot of pictures. She takes a ton of pictures. And, and we, the other day we went to, I, I um, she got a new phone and, 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 uh, and uh, it took over an hour to transfer all her phone, all of her photos to the new phone. You know, my phone transferred in five minutes when I got a new one. And, and um, but oftentimes she'll pull up those photos and she had to get a, a Google Photos thing and just we have some on a on a external drive and, but if we go through those photos and we remember, you know, just God and, and things that He has done, where He's brought us from. We look at the kids and and just how God has kept them. I have to just be reminded tonight and, and this week really of God's faithfulness and all that He has done to get us to this very point. And I don't know each and every one of us we can say similar things in our life that God has been faithful. I was reading in Psalm, you know, David said, I have been young. I have been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging bread. And I was reminded of that this week and just how God has been so faithful. And uh, my kids don't have to worry about some of the things that we had to worry about growing up. And that's just God's faithfulness. And I just want you to just remember the name of your Lord, Tonight, do you, do you, uh, do you remember what God has done for you? Do you replay it in your life? Do you revisit the victories? Do you revisit the times when God showed up in your circumstances and showed out? I could tell you some of stories and, uh, but I won't for the sake of time tonight, but I want you to see verse number eight. Those who do not trust in the Lord. Here's a contrast here in verse number eight. They have bowed down and fallen. So in the battle, those who do not trust in God, they will they'll be destroyed. They will be uh, taken down is what David is uh, and the people are saying. But he says, but we have risen and stand upright. Right. God and his who trust in him, we, we will stand when those uh, around us are falling, when those around us are not. I was reading about the uh, in, in Psalms, a little few uh, chapters ahead of this, about how the wicked, and those who, who deny God that their, their names will rot and that their, their aunts, their children, those who, their lineage will be cut off and, and the name of those who, uh, do not trust in God, they won't, they won't have longevity. They won't have sustainability. They, their kids won't be blessed after them. Uh, those who by whatever means rise to power, wealth, and whatever you want to, uh, name tonight. I'm telling you, I'm thankful that because God has promised that he will bless those who honor him and that he will direct the path of all those who trust in him I am thankful that the future is bright for my kids no matter what it may look like on the horizon I'm planting seeds I'm breaking generational curses by God's grace uh, because I am trusting in God and some of you need to hear that in here tonight oh you need to realize that you're not just battling for you you're battling for those who are coming after you you're battling for those kids maybe your grandkids you need to stay faithful to God and remember that if you trust in the Lord and you stand on him oh those around you who don't will fall but you will be secure that's a promise I believe but we have risen and stand upright verse number nine save Lord may the king answer us when we call save Lord he's our salvation he's the one who we hope in tonight God's promise, this prayer, that, that these uh, in Israel were, 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 of course, singing as the king left for battle. This should be something that we do. We... We claim God's promises. We we trust in his name. We live our lives, a life that, that is uh, defined by faith and trusting God and walking with God. And I promise you, God will show up. He will be your salvation. He will uh, show his power in your circumstances. And and I just want to encourage somebody tonight. And trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in God. He is enough. He is enough. And I want to encourage y'all with that tonight. I want to ask the worship team to come as we transition tonight. Let us be a people who are known for our faith in God. That we aren't looking to anything else or anyone else but God. And then when he wins those victories when he shows himself to be who he's promised to be that we would deflect and give all the glory to God and um, you know it's my prayer for my children that they will see God and his power that they will see in our family a supernatural uh, just, uh, just in, uh, something that is unexplainable other than God and um I want you guys as a church, I want us to be a place where people encounter God, where people see the saving power of God and his work in this place. And and uh, we've got to trust in him. We've got to believe that he is able to do what he says he is.